like are we are we having a conversation about who's the better rapper or who do we listen to more? Because Outcast is in my top five. I don't listen to Outcast as much as I used to. Jay Z is number one for me. I don't to listen to Jay Z as much as I used to. I listen to more newer rappers. I listen to different music now. Yo, it's good. It's your boy Stopping Seven Hundred Six. This is episode eighty-nine of KTSC Av Podcast. Uh, we're gonna do nothing. We just kick it. Definitely go back and check out episode eighty-eight if you haven't. I do some extremely great American uh, Idol level singing, so definitely check that out. We have our uh, <laughs> host uh, Marcus Sniffles and the long-awaited return of the lovely um, El Chapo. What's good, y'all? Hey. It's nice to have. Uh... Somewhat of the full game back again, but uh, we're here, ready to get after it. Yeah, uh, male podcasters have been getting a lot of uh, slander lately because of Jesus their, Christ, their, uh, <laughs> their content, rightfully so. I mean, it's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of a lot of buffoonery out there, and it's good to have a woman's voice, you know. And it's you know, oh, nothing. that's why y'all been asking me back. Oh, excuse me, I'm doing laundry. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it's good to have a, a woman's perspective, you know what I'm saying? We're, if we're not one of those podcasts, you know, if you don't want the corny, you know, Twitter debate topics, you know, $200 dates, BBLs, whatever the crazy shit they're talking about, not dating black women nonsense. Yeah, what does women bring to the table besides, you know, me, all that type of jazz? You can come to the KTS, yeah. <laughs> you know, never mind. So yes, the, we we do we do different things over here. So we're gonna start off talking about the extremely entertaining playoff game we just finished watching. Two out of three of us finished watching, which was the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers, who defeated them on a very questionable decision by Dak Prescott. The final score is twenty three seventeen. Uh, for me, it was an incredibly um, I guess bad experience as I kept up with uh, Twitter while watching the game as I support the poverty franchise, the Atlanta Falcons, who the Cowboys defense coordinator, Dan Quinn, was our former head coach and the 49ers head coach was our former offense coordinator. So Falcons fans were in their feelings, giving out bad takes per usual, just hating on both coaches, you know, while we're not in the playoffs and they are. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Cowboys, there's a lot of mismanagement. Uh, Mike McCarthy definitely didn't get enough blame on Twitter, but I know these people don't really watch football or understand the game. A very undisciplined football team. They had multiple, that double-digit penalties. Hey, Chan, appreciate the love, as always. Um, King Quest was good. Yes, that Cowboys pack is up. Yeah, y'all were doing too much, man. Like, Dan Quinn did not do a terrible job with the defense. I think that's just like a Twitter Falcons narrative. Like going into the second half, it was 17 to zero. Offense has to score points. Point blank, period. That's where the majority of the resources are, similar to the Falcons. That's where the bread is buttered. Score points, do better. Call better plays, Mike McCarthy. Dan Quid did what he needed to do. At the end of the game, he gave that team a chance to take the lead and a chance to win the game. They didn't execute. So I'm not, I'm not faulting Dan Quinn for that. That's just again, Falcons fans being jaded, bitter. You know, group think, echo chamber type mentality that makes our fan base a cesspool of disgustingness. How many chances is Mike McCarthy going to get? Like, he, he had Aaron Rodgers and only came away with one Super Bowl because of his poor leadership or lack thereof and 
clock mismanagement just to get fired and get another good job the next day. Like, did he take a year off at all, or was he like immediately hired by the Cowboys? Because I'm pretty took, sure, like, like, yeah. But how does he get that good job? Like, that's a good job to have. Like, Dak Prescott, uh, Jerry Jones is like, say what you want about Jerry Jones, but he's put a good team around. Like, he's built up a good team and a good roster. He might be eccentric and might talk a lot, but as far as team building, he's not doing a bad job. And you decide to give that job to Mike McCarthy? Like, come on, man. At some point, we got to just, like, just get him out of here. Because it, it can't it can't be – it can't just keep being him. It can't be Mike McCarthy. It can't be Bill O'Brien and all these other retread head coaches that are just not good at their job. Like, maybe get someone different. Like, get a new person. Get some new blood in there. It's ridiculous. You're wasting Dakota's time. Dakota Rain. And that is kind of a uh, perfect segue into the NFL's ongoing, uh, a little bit more silent social justice crusade. It isn't as prominent as it was last year during the quote-unquote year, maybe going into the year of, I guess, the racial reckoning in America, quote-unquote, of people like Mike McCarthy getting good jobs, second chances, while the NFL only employs one head black coach as, I believe, one, the other one was, no, the other two were fired. Brian Flores was fired from the Dolphins after having a winning season, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, I believe Dave or Dave Cully for the Texans after being dealt a terrible hand going into that season without the franchise quarterback as Deshaun Watson was allegedly, well, he's being nasty Nelly, you know, go back and listen to a couple of episodes on the podcast about him. He was, he's a wild boy. And uh, yeah, he was essentially uh both those guys have got the paint. So um, right now, the only head coach that is in the NFL is black is Mike Tomlin, who is currently in the playoffs. I think they're playing right now against the Kansas City Chiefs. But it, it seems that like that has that's like the standard for black for black coaches, right? Well, can we can we can we go back to the other two guys, Brian Flores and the uh, Texas head coach? Like yeah. Brian Flores, the last. Uh, three seasons he was there. He had two winning records. Like they started out really bad, like one and seven, really bad. And then they won seven games in a row. I think they won their last seven out of eight. And they missed the playoffs by one game. I believe if you look at the Dolphins history, like the last 15 years, Brian Flores is like the best coach they've ever had as far as winning percentage. He's the best the Dolphins have done in the last 15 years. And they've already gotten rid of him after three seasons. Uh, into a five-year guaranteed contract. The, uh, I, I keep forgetting the Texas uh, head coach name. Uh, the guy that they hired. David Cully. Yeah, so my take is I think that he was too good at his job because the Texans, like you said, that was a bad job to have. Like, even without knowing the whole Deshaun Watson thing, like, once they knew what was going on, they were just like, all right, this job is not good. He's probably not going to play. Let's just start stripping this roster down. And they expected to lose. And because this guy was uh, too good at his job, like the Texans have like the number four or the number three or four overall pick. I'm pretty sure the G or the owner of the Texans was like, yeah, our season is only a success if we have the number one overall pick. And that guy was too good of a, of a coach. He coached that team up to like three to four wins when they probably should have just tanked all of them 
and he got fired for it after one season, which is it's 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 embarrassing. Like you're too like these two guys were too good at their job. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's it's uh, I mean I'm it's upsetting. Again, he got one season, which I'm sure we can pull up multiple examples of other you know bad coaches and better situations getting more time, but he still after all of that pain and suffering I had to deal with, he's still going to get his guaranteed like $22 million. So, I mean, it sucks that you're out the lead right now as a head coach, but go ahead and finesse the bag, King. Like, get them coins. Like, at least you, you're getting handsomely content. Shit, I can't even talk. Compensated for dealing with that BS. Because, I mean... It is what it is. They they did you uh, did you kind of dirty, and the kind of more jacked up part about this with the the idea that there's only one head black coach in the NFL is that they fired a black coach and they're looking to replace him with another black coach. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of crazy that you know we're we're not given the opportunity to to grow in this league, even though a majority of the league is African American or whatever, or we're labeled or black people are labeled as players, coaches and whatnot, uh, not capable or are not capable of leading uh, men, even though this has been proven to be false. But, you know, and racism, stop hate, all the, the catchy slogans that the NFL have incorporated into the, the gear, the helmets, the field, all that jazz. But, you know, only one black head coach who is pretty much one of the best coaches in NFL history like that. That can't be the standard for African-Americans as coaches, head coaches in this league. It already takes too much for us to get in the door as we've been denied historically, you know, positions of leadership as far as being quarterbacks, because we've been said to be, you know, in, inferior intellectually, not being able to learn the playbook or being too athletic or being down for athleticism at that position. So uh, hopefully this changes. Um, but again, ultimately, it starts down the lower college ranks with uh, players or players, players getting opportunities to coach first and foremost. And then when they get the opportunity to coach, getting high profile positions like offense coordinators, which leaves, usually puts you on the fast track to being a head coach. So it, it really starts from the bottom. Uh, systemic change needs to happen there, like a lot of places in this country. So happy MLK weekend. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck with all the uh, the progress that the uh, NFL is going to be making in, in certain areas. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know if you if you talked about because my thing just went out. I don't know what happened, but uh, Mike Tom. Just speaking on Mike Tomlin, like being one of the only coaches to go that long without a losing record. That's unheard of. That is something that is not talked about ever. It's well, it's not talked about enough when compared to how people talk about uh uh Shanahan and McVeigh, uh the guy from um all these young hot gun hot, like hot shot head coaches they get all this praise and these accolades and like attention and Mike Tomlin is like well you know he's he's okay like they talk about him like he's an average coach he's arguably like a top 10 coach all time like statistically and by winning percentage and wins and longevity, Super Bowls, like he's done a lot of things. He's been a great coach. And he's he's honestly been held back by Ben Roethlisberger. I'm I'm curious to see what Mike Tomlin looks like with a young quarterback that can actually throw the ball. And the sad thing is 
is I think Mike McCarthy, or not Mike McCarthy, good Lord, uh, Mike Tomlin is too good at his job to be able to replace Ben Roethlisberger with a quarterback in the draft. Because he's not, their team is never going to be in a position to get like a number, like a top 10 prospect, blue chip type quarterback. Like he's just too good at his job. They're not going to do that. So he's probably going to end up screwing himself by being too good at his job like the other black co- or head coaches were. Or, you know, we could offer him one shiny Matt Ryan for Yikes. A, a third. Matt Ryan would be good on, t- on that team. Like, he's not going to be able to really maybe push the ball downfield as much as you would like to in a more explosive offense. But compared to what I saw Ben Roethlisberger doing. That dude like, was cooked. Yeah. Like, some people say Matt Ryan's arm is cooked, which it low-key is a little bit maybe getting there. But, like, just, like, even mid-range completions, he, he can do that. You got a running back behind you. You got a thousand yards. You have a defensive end that had more sacks by himself the entire Falcons defense. Like I, I think Matt Ryan could cook out there uh, for the Steelers. So I think that would be, you know, if they if they want to keep the train going, you know, if they want to have a, a smooth transition because they're not going to have a great pick as they're in the playoffs. Matt Ryan could be a good stop stopgap quarterback until you figure out something else to do, or maybe. I know rumors are I've heard from some people is that Aaron Rodgers could like would like to go to the Steelers. They could get like a guy like Russell Wilson. They're gonna have options. I don't foresee them being bad next year. But time will tell. So I have a question. We have an answer. As the non-sportsy person here. So when you're talking about equality within the NFL and such like that, especially as it pertains to the coaches and such, um I couldn't help but think of like Jay Z and his position when it comes to the NFL. Do you think this could be a, a possibility of a lane where he can kind of use his platform to do better, to incite change, or is that just kind of no. like a ploy at this point? Like, was him becoming a part owner of the NFL a ploy, or what should we expect? Granted, I don't expect him to fix everything, but you know what I mean? Like, he tried to sell it to the public that he's not a sellout. And I said it respectfully because I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. But he tried to sell it like it was something that was going to incite change. And do you even see change? I mean, I haven't heard much from about what Jay-Z's involvement in the league is. And again, Jay-Z seems to be a behind-the-scenes quiet person. I wouldn't doubt that maybe, like, he's doing stuff behind the scenes. But, like, overall, I think it was more of a kind of a – hmm. I think some of it was more or less for his own personal gain, you know, to further his financial uh, gains again while doing some things for the league. But I mean, we're going to have a fire Super Bowl show with uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, you know, the whole G Funk thing. But that's that's cool, but that's not getting more than one black head coach. Like, I don't think Jay Z has that type of pool. Like, I honestly don't think he's really truly respected in those circles of old, rich white men, you know, if we're being completely transparent. Uh, I mean, as long as you can get, like, Dr. Dr. Dre and out there for a discount, that's cool. Yeah. The Steelers online isn't that good, but, I mean, it was good enough to give them a a rookie thousand-yard rusher, which, shit, I don't think – I can't even remember the last time the Falcons had a rookie – or had a thousand-yard rusher, period, to be honest, so – I mean, just watching that game between them and the Browns, like I, Matt Ryan would have did much better than Ben Roethlisberger. And Matt Ryan is from uh, Pennsylvania, so he's from Philly. So it's not a short, short trip. Bring him home. Bring our guys full, home. Full circle. There we go. 
and he'd have a chance to probably win a ring, which is what Falcons fans claim they want for him. So, you know, it is. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I mean, Falcons fans are never happy unless yeah. the Falcons actually win. Like, and even then, they're not. They're still not happy. They won't be happy until they can do what the Atlanta Braves did and the Georgia Bulldogs did. That's that's the only thing that'll make them happy. Well, even with that, like the timeline was like positive for maybe two days. And then I saw somebody put out a ridiculous tweet talking about uh, Stetson Bennett has a national championship and Justin Fields doesn't. I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> what are we doing? I need a burner. I need a burner account. I got to get away from these people. Like, and I, and I think it might have been clickbait, but the idea that you would do that and then people will just and you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to slam dunk on you, all that jazz. I'm like, fam, you're comparing a multi-millionaire, first-round draft pick, professional athlete, to a guy that may be selling car insurance next year. You got a ring. That's cool. But, that's great. Like, yeah, that's not the end-all, be-all. Stetson Bennett is just a poor man's Ken Dorsey. Like, oh, if the, the, those old University of Miami teams, like from the 2000s, like Ken Dorsey was, he had a lot of leadership qualities that were important to the to that team, and a, I guess a calming present. But like, there was there there was a lot of quarterbacks that could have won with that roster around him. You have like Jonathan Vilma and Sean Taylor and Willis McGahee and Andre Johnson, like all these NFL Hall of Fame type players. Like as a quarterback, it doesn't take much. Bryant McKinney, like, and that's what. It, and it's no disrespect to Stenson Bennett, but that defense is arguably the greatest defense ever. You know, like there, there's a lot of first round talent on that offense. Stenson Bennett did what he was supposed to do, but let's not act like he's Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields or any other any of these other great college quarterbacks. Like he was a quarterback that's on the winning team. Yeah, it's uh, well, I just saw that tweet, King's Quest. I mean, people are mad, it happens. Like, I guess people are throwing stuff at the field for the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, I get it, they're frustrated. Um, I, I guess while we're there at throwing stuff in the field uh, during the Bills game, <laughs> uh, somebody not only snuck a uh, sex toy into the stadium, but they threw it onto the field. The wild, the wild thing is, is this is not the first time that they've done this. Like, this is their thing. They do this. Like, if you Google, I feel like if you Google dildo thrown on field, you're going to see at least three different results, and all of them are going to be from Buffalo fans. It's pretty nasty. At least yeah. they wrapped it up, though. They did wrap it up, so that's that's good. Yeah, I was I was mad confused, as as the players were when they saw the, the glick hit the field. But, um, yeah. Shout out to the Bills, though. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm trying to find some betting websites. I, they might be a dark horse, man. They might be a dark horse. Like, And, again, I hate, I hate <laughs> that I have to bring this back to the Falcons. But we played them in the last game, no, second last game of the season. We picked them off three times where the Falcons fans were like, oh, yeah, look what we did to the Bills, yada, 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 yada. I'm like, fam. And I said this on the podcast before. I'm probably going to say it tomorrow when we record the Derby Nation report. Tap in for that, too. But the Bills were not taking us seriously at all. Right? 
they were not taking us seriously. Again, in the first quarter, they were running plays where Josh Allen was running out, running out as a receiver. They're running plays where linemen were receivers in the end zone, like where you should be like very serious. And then after like the third pick, not the first pick, the second pick, but after the third pick, they're like, you know what? Let's take this game seriously. And Josh Allen did what Josh Allen did and just be a big white tank and run all over the Falcons and did whatever they wanted to. And we got ran through. Similar to what happened to the Patriots, which is even funnier because the Bills did to the Patriots what the Patriots did to us. And I'm very confused because the Patriots packed us up something ferocious and then the Bills <laughs> packed us something ferocious. But the crazy thing is, is again, back to the Falcons. This has turned into a Falcons podcast rant, apparently. We'll get to the real topics in a second. But like, if you didn't know, the Falcons narrative this year is that the Falcons don't have any talent yada, yada, yada. We need to count him really, even though when he was here, he didn't do anything for us really, all that jazz. But like both the Patriots starting wide receivers are undrafted players that run like four six forties. <laughs> and I'm not talking like low four sixes, like four six three and like four six seven. So for people to understand that for an NFL receiver to be considered to be talented, you need to be running like a four four. Right, that's kind of that's even kind of maybe slow because a lot of DBs can run that. A four six four seven is pretty slow for for an NFL wide receiver, and those two guys were the starters for that team. While the Falcons are complaining about having Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, um, your man's uh, Justin Gage, I'm sorry, Russell, Russell Gage. Gage, and a couple other guys. Like, the Falcons receiving core is not as bad as Falcons fans make it out to be. Like, the Jaguars is pretty terrible, but I feel like the Patriots might have the worst receiving core in the league with a rookie quarterback and found a way to make it to the playoffs. Even though it got their back speed in the playoffs, they still made it there. They still dropped 50 points. (laughs) I think maybe twice this year, almost like – I knew they dropped 40-plus this year. I think it's the Jets and the Jags. Two teams that we played that we were in a fucking dogfight with. (laughs) So stop it. Stop the, the whole talent narrative. It is bad coaching, which I've been saying for quite some time. But let's move away from the Falcons because they're terrible. Uh, it's going to be a lot of drama in Falcons land with the whole uh, Calvin Ridley situation. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. There was something kind of cool that I guess some people were talking about that Marcus wanted to talk about was them doing the whole Nickelodeon broadcast of the game. And my only thoughts is that is that I don't know what the age range for that is. Is it like what elementary school, middle school, possibly? For Nickelodeon? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Elementary to middle school. So the only thing I the only commentary I had on that was like I can only think about the kids in middle school and shit, maybe even late elementary school that were doing drugs. Yeah. And they they probably would have enjoyed watching those games with the slime monster and (laughs) SpongeBob and Patrick. But I'm like, nah, I I couldn't do it. It ain't it ain't for me. It ain't what I I know for me that I I think it was you that was saying that. Uh, you don't like a lot of the broadcasters that uh, commentate on the game. Yeah, Tony Romo's great. Uh, Sanchez is terrible. He literally yeah. does not know anything about any of the players or anything. He's just out there talking. So I like uh, I like Romo and like Aqib Talib, but a lot of people don't like the you know like the Joe Bucks and Chris Collinsworth and the some of those people, which is understandable. But you know my thing is I if I don't really watch the football game with the commentary up like i don't need the commentary like it's more so background noise um so i 
I appreciate the NFL trying something different. Like they did this last year. Um, and I thought it was a success and they did it again this year. And honestly, I think it's just a, it's a propaganda tool for them because, uh, I believe like pop Warner numbers are down for kids. So they're using this as a way to get kids interested in football again and to get them into the game, which, I mean, it's kind of diabolical, but I mean, I get it. It's fine. You know, you do what you got to do to protect your game, but I would, I would like to see them continue to do more creative things with their broadcast because if I like, who is somebody, and this can be, you can answer and anybody that's listening can answer who would have to be commentating on an NFL playoff game for you to not watch. Is there anybody out there where if I was like, Hey, uh, you know, instead of Chris Collinsworth and Al, Al Michaels, it's going to be Cardi B and Halle Berry, they're going to be commentating this game. Are you going to? Oh my gosh, I was thinking gonna... Cardi B, but I was thinking that would make me watch. I was opposite. Exactly. Not <laughs> no one is going to not tune in. Like if you're if you're right. an NFL fan, you're you're an NFL fan for life. You're not turning these games off. And for the NFL to be like, hey, let's uh, get this game on Nickelodeon. Let's have the uh, slime cast. Let's have uh, younger people in the booth with way more, like, youthful enthusiasm, um, a more fun, relaxed broadcast. And it doesn't have to be just Nickelodeon. Like, maybe branch out. Like, uh, let uh, Cartoon Network get a get a get uh, an opportunity. Maybe let BET or MTV do this and get some celebrities. Uh, let Disney get involved. And you can get, like, you know, Marvel characters involved and all that stuff. Um, there's just a lot of different things that they could do with the NFL broadcast that can make it <laughs> more <key>. entertaining <laughs> and more uh, more enjoyable for other people. Like, I remember, and, they, and I wish the NBA would go back to this, but I think it was like four or five years ago on the ABC broadcast, whenever an NBA player would shoot a three-pointer, the three-point line would turn red. And I thought that was a cool addition because it's like, okay, that's the three-pointer. The screen turns red around the three-point line. That's pretty cool. And I thought, like, they could, if they would do that and maybe take it a step forward, like if Steph Curry's playing and he makes, like, three three-pointers, like, you know, they do the NBA Jam thing where they put graphics, like, he's on fire, stuff like that. Big jams, big dunks, throw some graphics on there. Like, just make it more entertaining because it's like, why not? What What do you have to lose? Like, I, I like what they do, like, with the college football game where they have, like, the mega cast with, like, the coaches cam players analysts they have all these different options of like ways you can uh consume the game like some people like to hear the coach's perspective some people like to hear from analysts some people like to hear from players or maybe you want to hear from your favorite rapper favorite actor and what the like even the manny cast i think the manny cast is is probably good i don't watch it personally because i think it's just a propaganda tool to get eli manning into the hall of fame so i'm not watching that but like just what what do you have to lose you're not losing any NFL fans. It doesn't matter who you put in the booth. It doesn't matter what you put around the game. As long as the game is still the same, people are going to watch it. So why not take a chance and make it more entertaining and fun? And that, that's I mean, we kind of saw that with the Olympics, right? Like when Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg, they was, you know, watching and, and, and commentating over, I think it was like the horse horseback riding or some sort or, or even when uh, when Snoop was doing, was it boxing or, or some, some sort, like MMA, something along those lines, he was on the sidelines. And 
people like he was trending for days people were tuning in people were loving it it was hilarious you have crime face um i follow him on instagram he was commentating as well so people are looking for for other types of people not just the usual retirees of the sport to come in and lively liven it up a little bit for entertainment purposes because the game is the game like you said you can watch the game and put it on mute but in order for you to stay tuned and actually listen to the commentary, you got to have inter interesting people. And that's coming from me that I don't even watch sports like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I uh, I, I get it. Like, I, I kind of, if I'm watching the game, I kind of want people to be informed. Like, I don't, like, my entertainment is watching the game. Like, I don't, I don't need other entertainment from people trying to be funny or whatever. Like I want to Well, more, more, more so for me, it's more so for me about options. Like, do you, like when you watch, I don't know if you watch the college football championship, but it, like they have the regular broadcast and they have another separate broadcast where it's just coaches talking, watching the game. Then they have a separate broadcast where it's just analysts watching and breaking down the games. And then like, I'd like to see them have players do watch the game and break down the game or maybe, you know, super fans of each team, like a, an Alabama super fan watching the game with a Georgia super fan. Like, I I feel like they should just have more options for, for telecast on um, major events. Like, I, if I'm the NFL, if I could sell, like, the Super Bowl, like, sell uh, someone else the Super Bowl to broadcast on that, their network, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I sell it to Nickelodeon? Like, I, I can... Uh, broadcasting on Fox, like Fox is going to pay me whatever. If Nickelodeon wants to get in the game and broadcast it on their network and do whatever they want to do with it, why not? It's more views, it's more money. Like, who cares? No one's not watching the Super Bowl. So, let's try to make it interesting. If that's what you're looking for. Like, obviously, give people the, the regular uh, broadcast and the regular, you know, old white guy commentary, but you know, if you want to hear something a little bit more fun, a little bit more entertaining, I don't see why we can't have that option. I just feel like if that was a thing, then as greedy as the NFL is, they probably would have figured out how to make that work. Maybe they're starting to do that, like you said, the Manning cast. But like you said, I think that's the kind of the, the whole Manning thing. And, and low key, like I... I get that uh, Cooper Manning was a great athlete back in his day, but boy, that is some white privilege right there, dog. Oh, God. Because I'm pretty sure there's other mad athletes who have a brother or sister or cousin who almost was that guy or that girl, but I don't see them getting DoorDash commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, no. like, must be nice. Man's just hanging out, catching a bag, like a stray bag for no reason. But I think that is the whole Manning propaganda. Like, get some other people on there. I'm sure I, I get they're great, but. Yeah, they're they're not the only entertaining people, you know what I'm saying? But I, I'd like to hear like some smart people. Smart and funny is always good. Like uh like Mina Kimes or Dominique Foxworth or anybody, like just make it fun, but make it smart too. But like there it, it feels like out of every major sport or every major television event, the NFL is I think playing it the most safe. It's like they don't have. Why are they being the most safe out here? And that, and we keep bringing it up. It's almost like the. It's like what Drake is doing. There's no reason for you to play it safe. You're going to be number one. You're going to get your streams. You're going to go platinum. 
take a chance, do something different, take a risk. What's the word? Like, is someone going to turn on the game and hear, uh, you know, offset doing the third quarter and be like, oh, I can't watch this game anymore? No, they're just going to put it on mute and maybe throw a shot on Twitter, but that's about it. They're not going anywhere. People are stuck. <laughs> the NFL is that big of a deal here. Like, people, people aren't leaving. That is true. I mean, it, I don't devote as much time to football as everybody else in the world does. Like, I kind of reserve, like, my football for my team. And if there's a good game on, sure. But I'm not I'm not addicted to football as much Hell as no. I may have been. Like, I don't have – there's other things I can do with my day than spend it watching. Like, I'm not watching – I'm clearly not watching the game right now as we're doing the podcast. But I'm sure it's interesting. I'm sure Ben Roethlisberger is getting packed up. I'm not watching bad teams like, there's some people that will watch any NFL game. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not watching Jags Jets in London. Like, not doing it. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on that. Like, I'm not. And maybe it's because I just don't, you know, I maybe I value my time a little bit more. But there's certain games I'm just like, nah, eh, I'm not watching that. Like, I either just watch my team or any other good game. But I'm not, I'm not watching two bad teams play just because it's football. Like, I'm not that person anymore. That is fair. That is fair. But I know we've probably lost a lot of people with football talk. It's not everybody wants <laughs> football, but it is what it is. But going to social media, I know there's like a report talking Finally. about. Finally. Yes. That, uh, and this is not surprising. This is not groundbreaking news. This isn't anything that we would not have guessed before. But black people are making less money in the influence, influencer game. Not shocked one bit. very disappointed to hear that uh it, it's disappointing it's not surprising but it's still disappointing that uh, uh a lot of black people especially tiktok like tiktok is probably the more offensive one where it's just like all these influencers when they rank who's making the most money it's only i think only that one black dude that doesn't say anything like he's in the top 10 but i don't think he made the top of the list either well, he wasn't at the top of the list, but I think he was in the top 10, wasn't he? I, I'm not sure. He should be because it, how many other people are, are copying him, which is the issue. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if, if, if it's a thing where people are copying people, but I know like on TikTok, a lot of people have gotten popular from TikTok by doing the dances and all the new uh, TikTok dances. And we like we've done this before. We know who is creating these TikTok dances. And who's making them popular? Like it's these young black kids, and they are, they are starting it from the ground up with their, you know, maybe their two thousand followers and doing these dance moves and you know doing their choreography, and then some, you know, bigger influencer with, you know, fifty thousand followers comes and copies that, at a, a and looks worse doing it, but gets more views and gets more likes and is able to get more money off of that. And it's just, it's just, it gets frustrating with every social media platform is made popular by black people, mostly black kids. Every uh, pop culture thing, every uh, reference, influence, fashion, music, uh, podcast, uh, movies, like all that stuff is made cool by black people and young black people. And for them to not be getting paid along with 
uh, like the pay is not matching the influence that they're giving, you know, like they're not getting the, the, the respect and the money that they should be getting. And it's frustrating for this to always keep happening. You know, people can point to, uh, like rock and roll back in the day. Like they don't give, uh, little Richard credit. They don't give, uh, James Brown credit. They give Elvis Presley credit or they give the Beatles credit. They disregard Jimi Hendrix and give it to Van Halen or whatever. They kind of, uh, disrespect, uh, Jay-Z to prop up Eminem. They disrespect, uh, Kendrick to prop up Macklemore, uh, they disrespect Beyonce to prop up Taylor Swift. And it's just like all these things keep happening. Like, why is it that, you know, black podcasts are the most popular, but they don't get as they don't get paid as much as like the Joe Rogan podcast, like Joe Budden. Well, that's that's not a good example because he's kind of set fire to his own stuff. But no, he still he still get let's see. That's no narrative. But, yeah, but, but, you, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like Joe Joe Budden isn't making Joe Rogan money. And Joe Budden probably has more. Well, that's probably not true either. Like Joe Rogan has a lot of influence, but it's like in a negative way. But yeah, like Joe culturally, Rogan culturally, like Joe Budden should be making a lot more money. You know, like a lot of these black TikToker TikTokers should be the face of TikTok. A lot of people on Twitter should be the face, like the black people that make like black black Twitter. It's black Twitter is not a thing. Black Twitter is just Twitter. You know, people like to put a label on it because it's like, oh, well, Black Twitter said this. Black Twitter went up for that. No, if Black Twitter is not talking about it, it's not important. You know, like we make everything pop and we make everything popular. And for us to not get paid paid for it is it's, it's not right. And it happens in it's not only happening in this industry. It happens in other industries like we talked about in the NFL with head coaches. You can probably talk about it with the. Uh, with athletes, like with Dak Prescott, it took forever for him to get the money that he earned that he deserved. He had to go out and prove it again while quarterbacks like, you know, uh, what's the guy? Jared Goff and Carson Wentz can have two good to good to decent years and they just get maxed out with no question. But Dak Prescott has to get franchised and earn it again before he can get paid. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's uh... – it's just kind of how how this how this thing works in uh in the world, especially in America. You know, racism is kind of a thing. But I mean, just kind of sticking on the content. Um, see, this is why you should watch the podcast live. Chan, she's got some great gems in the the chat. So you definitely check us out as far as getting the content popping. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, King Quest, good point. Patrick Mahomes' little brother. I think he's a top ten. TikTok influencer, but he also has the my brother's the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time battery in his back. So that that does help. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying to work some content on IG, like uh shout out to the tech messiah tech out there. He's out there probably studying for some tests or something like that. But like I started an Instagram, I think maybe a year or two ago, just trying to do the whole sneaker thing. But like I noticed that the whole like entire hashtag of sneakerhead, all that jazz, has nothing to do with sneakers. Like it'll be women's faces, like a bunch of white people with new shoes. It's it's kind of one of those things where, and this kind of goes with what Mark was saying regarding like you know black people, you know, creating culture and having it kind of pulled from under the rug. Like sneaker culture was like a black people thing. I'm not saying it is strictly for black people, but like. 
we 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 was on it with the whole sneaker thing. There's a whole like documentary on Netflix or YouTube about the sneaker culture. But now you go online, it's a bunch of you know hipsters and white women and just like for for no for no reason. And I was kind of making a mockery of it, just screenshotting the hashtag sneakerheads. I was like, yo, this has nothing to do with sneakers. So uh, I'm trying to work uh, my content for sneakers and some gaming and maybe some lifestyle stuff, but mainly sneakers. So if you definitely uh, enjoy sneaker talk, some Jordans, some non-Jordan shoes, um, definitely throw me a follow. Same as my Twitter, Southbury706. Uh, definitely big in the Halo right now. So if you do play Halo, you live on the West Coast, definitely tap in with me. We can, we can run some games and whatnot. Preferably the non-racist Halo players, like I know a lot of people were excited about like bringing the old Halo back back in the day where the chat rooms were wild. I don't want that. No. Like, if you're gonna call me the N word, we probably can't play together. So, but yeah, definitely yeah. tap into the page. Uh, let's let's well, get it. I, I remember back when uh, I think it was either two years ago or last year, where a lot of of the black TikToker TikTokers. That's so I don't know why it's so hard to say. A lot of the black TikTok. God damn. They uh, boycotted uh, Megan Thee Stallion's Thought Shit song where they just refused to do any kind of dance. And there still isn't a dance for that song. Like, there isn't a viral dance for Thought Shit, which is one of the easiest, like, songs to make a, make a song to. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my Thought Shit. Like, that's easy. It's easy to come up with a dance. But because no black person decided to make a song for that, there isn't a viral challenge on TikTok and it just never happened because they boycotted it. And that goes to show the power that uh, black TikTok TikTokers and influencers have on that app. Like if, if black people collectively got together and they're just like, Hey, we're getting off TikTok. We're done getting on TikTok until we're paid what we deserve. TikTok would either fold or just be a lame app. Like they'd either pay them or just be one of the lame apps that just doesn't, they just, they'd be Snapchat or they go, they turn into Vine where they're just gone. The same thing with Twitter. If there's people on Twitter, if all the black people that have uh, a lot of, a large following and a large influence, if they were to get together and just be like, you know what? We're not doing this Twitter thing no more. We're not getting your stuff trending. We're not making your app popular. We're not doing anything. And they just decided to leave the platform altogether until they were properly compensated things would change. And I think that's, that's the power that we have. Like we, we saw it with one of the most popular songs of a summer two years ago where people where black kids were just like, we're not giving you guys free stuff anymore. And it didn't happen. If you want, if you like these big companies and social media companies and all these other businesses, when they want to get popping, they're looking for the young up and coming black kid to do their videos, to post their tweets, to, to, uh, edit their stuff to post jokes like you think the people that run the wendy's account is some 30 year old some 40 year old white guy no it's probably some younger black that kid that's cool. like hey i got jokes like hey, hey we'll pay you this or whatever to get these jokes off and it's just like at some point we have to demand um respect and people will take that respect in in money like <laughs> show me that you respect me by paying me what i deserve and what i've earned like we have built up these, we have built up all these social media apps. Like at some point, like it's it's getting ridiculous. Like Twitter wasn't that big of a thing until black people got a hold of it and made it popping. And it's the same with TikTok. 
That is a fact. Again, we run the culture and we have to continue to find ways to monetize it. And, and I will say this too, and I see this outside of social media, um, just in general, like with uh, black content creators, we're only, you know, black people are only like 13% of the population. So obviously, like white people have a higher percentage of hitting with people that look like them because like even if they don't rock with the video they could throw a retweet if it's like funny even though the content's not great just because there's a zillion of them so one thing that we need to do as black people is support other black creators or even creators in general like we appreciate everybody we rock with the supports us but like pay it for it like if you see a black person you know doing media or creating content support them don't retweet like like people say it's it's free like it's not hurting anything but that's how we can go into these spaces and and get these millions of dollars and ad dollars that are out here for the taking you know we talk about you know the ceo llc twitter talking about uh multiple streams of income this could be one if we would actually support support each other support our content and, and be consistent and also be better with our content too like don't be like the guys the other week that were quote unquote viral for all the wrong reasons, denigrating black women and things like that. Like, you know, support each other and, and we'll be good. Um, I'm going to be like Chan. I'm going to set a goal for my Instagram uh, and I'm going to put this on the gram. So definitely throw me a follow. I am at, and I just with Twitter a while back ago and Twitter's a little bit different because I'd work that, but I'm, I'm going to work this Instagram. So right now I'm at 50 followers. My goal for the end of the week is to be at, let's go with 70. Let's push it. My goal is to get 20 followers. So, nice. again, if that's the content you're looking for, gaming, sneakers, all that jazz, if you'd like to chat, um, get some some advice. I, I give some pretty decent advice. You get the DMs. Definitely throw me a follow at Southbreeze 706. So, that's the goal. And, and we'll keep up with this week until I reach my yearly goal, which is to be determined. But we'll figure that out. But, Anyway, yeah, and our our uh, as far as our podcast, like our door has always been open to anybody that wants to come on. Like we've had people from other podcasts come on. We've had people that do other things, like uh, um, Doc's DJ uh, Tribbles has come on to promote her uh, DJ DJing stuff. We had uh, damn, what was our girl's name? Crafty Cakes came on a few times. Uh, Jazz came on and promoted her business and stuff. Like if you're looking to promote your stuff if you just at us on twitter we will put you on the pod like there's no like if we if we rock with you on twitter and you're a cool person we have no problem put you putting you on the podcast and letting you do what you got to do and you know have a good time but like it's all about collaborating it's all about having like an open door policy and being willing to share your platform with people that you actually you know care about and respect and that's that's what we do over here Yes, sir. Um, let's see. Uh, what do we got? So real quick before the podcast goes into a very dark place, we're going to have the homie Lowski on here in a second. Uh, a fellow PlayStation 5 owner, unlike you pores out here, uh, still trying to get one. Relax. Uh, relax. PlayStation or somebody said that they're going to start making more PS4s because there's not enough PS5s, which I don't I don't understand how that works. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, just kind of sticking with that uh, Monday. Today, we're recording on Sunday. So Monday, possibly here, this may Monday or Tuesday, uh, Martin Luther King Day will have passed. Um, and there's been a big push on social media 
and I think maybe even the mainstream media for people, mainly people of color, not to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Um, and I don't really, we don't really, I guess we, uh, I reflect like I was listening to some podcasts about him. Um, I don't really do anything out of the ordinary, but it's, it's kind of a weird call to arms, a call to action. But I get the sentiment. Essentially, they're saying, hey, let's not use Martin Luther King for propaganda as we should almost probably 60 years later are still fighting for voting rights. So uh, it says on Saturday per CNN.com, uh, now delivering for voting rights on Saturday, the King family, Martin Luther King Jr. birthday in Arizona. Uh, side note, uh, Arizona, where John McCain, who people loved, uh, voted against Martin Luther King Day holiday, which he came back and went back on because it was problematic, um, where they made the latest push for president and Congress to pass voting rights legislation. Uh, today, on my father's 93rd birthday, we are not here to celebrate King III's stress. We're here to issue an urgent call to President Biden in the Senate. He explained to pass two measures aimed at strengthening voting rights nationwide, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, a dire warning to the entire nation that our democracy stands on the brink without it. King III added before a crowd at East Lake Park at Amphitheater in Phoenix. Earlier this week, the president said he's tired of being quiet about voting rights. Well, we're tired of being patient. So it, it's one of those things where it's kind of, it's it's sad that we still have to have this conversation in, in the year 2022 when the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1965. And I think the Voting Rights Act was like 1964. Let me do a quick Google search. But yeah, like the first crazy thing is, is that there's still people, a majority of majority of Republicans still believe the election was stolen and not secure while all the agencies repute that, I think that's the word, saying that this was the most secure election we've had in history. But people still think it, it was not. Mind you, this is why we're fighting things like gerrymandering and uh, being denied the ability to vote for, for various reasons. Like the idea is that voting should be a universal right in this country. If it's something that we, we hold dearly, dearly, you know, with democracy. Everybody should have the opportunity to vote. It should be a national holiday for people to have off work to vote. And voting should be made as easy as possible, unlike what Republicans historically have tried to do, which is make voting harder for Black and brown people. So it's one of those things where it's sad we're even having this conversation in 2022, but here we are, you know. I pretty much use uh, MLK Day to... Uh... You know, uh, enjoy my time off, uh, well-deserved time off, um, maybe do some uh, reflecting and kind of uh, reading of some MLK quotes and uh, speeches. But I also like to go on Twitter and search, like, people posting his quotes and then, like, looking through their Twitter history and being like, yeah, you shouldn't be saying this. Like, kind of pulling up their own tweets, being, you know, like, doing the whole thing, how, like, Racist people are just like, oh, well, you know, I had a dream or whatever, and let's all be, you know, what would MLK say about this type of stuff? And it's like, you know, you know why MLK is not here? Because of racism. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm. we're, we're, we shouldn't be out here talking about racism and, and spreading hate like MLK wouldn't want that. Like, no, you know, racism is why he's not here. So we should uh, still be able to talk about that. And that should still be a top of topic of conversation that should be taught in schools to where 
there's an understanding about it and not just something that is swept under the rug like MLK had a dream and then now he's gone. Like, nah, let's, let's tell the whole story. So that when you say tell the whole story, that's that's kind of what the whole quotes like, not even not even white people, like everybody, like, and I don't blame the, the general public because you're literally not taught anything about Martin Luther King outside of I had a dream speech. And the thing is, is that they only quote like parts of the end, right? But the beginning is kind of the, the more main point. I'm, I'm going to read it briefly. Again, this is turned into like an NPR-esque podcast, but this is important. Uh, this is from NPR.org, by the way. Uh, and this is the beginning of the I Have a Dream speech, the infamous speech, which, again, people kind of cherry pick the parts that fits their narrative and what makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. But that's not the point. So here's the beginning of the speech. Five score... Uh, five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous degree came as became a beacon of light to the hope of millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to an end of a long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the wife of Negro is still sadly crippled by the monocles of segregation and the change to discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro's life is a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro still languished in the concerns of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. So we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. So essentially, the check that he is talking about is the promissory note where as Americans, as Black Americans, that we should be given the same rights as white people, right? Which, again, it's sad to say, as we, we've had, you know, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, every act, every bill that can be put out and drafted and legislated, but we're still out here getting treated in some ways as second-class citizens in our own land, in the country that we essentially built. That's the part of the speech that they conveniently leave out. But, you know, hey, I want my black kids and white kids to play together. Oh, yeah, Martin Luther King had a dream. You can have a dream, too. Oh, we're in a post-racial society. We had a black president. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like all the all the tropes, all the narratives. But again, as Martin Luther King Jr. was saying, 100 years from then, we are like 60 years from that speech still dealing with the same things. <laughs> a, I mean, there's been some progress, but not enough. <laughs> yeah, not enough. Definitely not enough. So, but yeah, definitely. Uh, and I don't know what we can do on our level to, to change that. I, I think what we can do is just educate people. That's that's kind of the thing is, uh, you know, when people start putting up these narratives, kind of just kind of check them like, hey, man, maybe you should read the whole speech. Maybe you should actually read a book. And you know what? If you don't like reading, you can listen to a podcast and they'll read it for you. Or they'll, they'll talk you. They'll talk you right through it. There's a great podcast out there called uh, Black History for White People. Even if you're black, I highly recommend you checking it out. It's very informative, but we, we have smartphones. We're in the age of information. There's no reason to be stupid unless you're just willfully ignorant, which is kind it's of even worse. Yeah, it's even worse. So. Uh, Can't wait to celebrate. Enjoy your barbecues. <laughs> yep. It is what it is. Well, I guess Losey's having technical issues, so he will not be joining in. But he he has joined the PS5 uh, 
Illuminati. Oh, you I got a Grammy wants to jump in. Hey man, I just I'm just waiting on the PlayStation 5 to have some exclusive games. Like I understand the whole graphics and uh it makes it a lot uh, smoother and all that stuff, but if if they're not offering exclusive games, I'm not feeling like the pressure to buy one. Like I'm just gonna buy one to play the same games I have. Like so, and I, again, I, I joke around on Twitter a lot. Like, I literally, so I have my PS5 and my Xbox Series X downstairs. I really didn't want a PS5, but I was able to acquire one. Uh, I played one game, Demon Souls, which was a remake of a PlayStation 3 game, right? Um, so long and short, my PlayStation 5 is upstairs in my bedroom pretty much as a uh, HBO Max and Netflix device. Like I, I, I do not play any games. On my I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do at that. all. Well, so uh, what I'm doing now is like it, it's weird because like like Demon Souls. If you haven't, we I've talked about it before, but Google it. It's an extremely hard game, but I'm like shit. I'm trying different stuff now. So there's another game that's coming out called Elden Ring. That's kind of the same thing. It's like an open world type dragons type. Right? It's it's weird, but it's. It's one of those games you're going to get like 70 plus hours out of it. Same with like uh, Demon Souls. I knew I was going to get my money's worth. And it's pretty fun. It's tough, but it's it's fun to play. And you're going to play it for a little while. Plus, I can like listen to podcasts stuff while I play it too. But yeah, they, they do need to get the content popping. I know Halo's been having some issues with uh, cheaters, uh, networks being bad. Uh, some of the the store stuff they're having issues with, like they're charging too much stuff at the little you know game stores. People don't like that. They don't have a lot of game modes at the moment, but I'm still having fun, but I'm, I'm glad there's going to be improvements. They're actually being uh, transparent, engaging with fans, saying like, hey, these are the improvements that are coming out, and uh, this is uh, what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, if anything, I, I would be more inclined to buy like an, an Xbox One because it's something different, and it has an exclusive – it has Halo. Like, I could at least – had that to be like okay well i can't play this anywhere else but here and i i, I used to work at a, a game stuff i worked there for almost like over five years so i understand like you know like when a ps2 was coming out when the ps3 was coming out when the xbox 360 was coming out when all these new systems were coming out uh they had an exclusive Hello. game to prom- why are you are you okay never mind they had a game to prom- i don't have oh, one any clothes but anyway Clear. What are y'all talking about tonight? Jesus. We're in the middle of a conversation. Hold up. Well, I can't they, hear they you. Have, they, would, <clears throat> they, would, they would have certain games that they would be like, hey, we want you to buy this system because it's a new system. The graphics are better. And we have this new game that you can only play on this system. Like with the the PS2, they had the new like Metal Gear Solid game or new Final Fantasy game. Well, with Xbox, it was usually a new Halo game or Gears of War. Something like that, something exclusive to where, yeah, you can keep your PS2 or you can keep your Xbox 360, but you're not going to be able to play the newest, hottest game. And I think that's where the PS5 kind of fumbled the bag a little bit, where it's like, hey, we've got this new PS5. You can play these, you can play all your old games and they just look better. And it's like, I'm not, how much is the PS5? Like $700? $399. Okay, well, wow. I, didn't well, I mean, that's that. without the disc drive. But. Well, either, either way, I'm not going to pay an extra $500 with all the with the whole bundle just to make my old games look newer. I want to play, like, 
like if they would have came out and said like, okay, we have a PS5 and we have the new exclusive Rainbow Six, or we have a remastered, redigitized, redone Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy X or a new FIFA or a Need for Speed or or a Grand Theft Auto Seven or something. They didn't have anything to offer me but better graphics. And as someone that has played video games like my entire life, graphics doesn't do it for me anymore. Like I I remember having uh, having a regular Nintendo going to Super Nintendo to Sega to 64 to PlayStation to Xbox, PS2, PS3, 360, PS4, uh, GameCube, Wii. Like I've seen how good graphics can be. I've seen the evolution. I've seen. I, 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 I'm not saying I've seen the peak, but new graphics is not going to impress me because I've seen where I know where I've been. <laughs> I remember playing the Nintendo. I know where graphics have been and how far they've come to. So if your only selling point is, hey, we got better graphics, you're going to need a lot more than that for me. It, it, you're going to need to give me a little bit more. That makes sense. So, well, King Quest, I, I did have Ghost of Tsushima. That didn't hold my attention either. Like, it seemed fun at first, but, like, I don't know. I, maybe because Demon Souls was so different. Like, I'd never played a game like that. That kind of held my attention a little bit more. Because, like, Ghost of Tsushima is kind of like uh, the feudal Japan version of Red Dead Redemption. Like, it's kind of nothing new to at least to me, but Demon Souls was a challenge. Like I was in there, I was in the trenches playing that shit. And I tried to beat it a second time. It's it's too hard. Like even with all the weapons you, you carry over when you start over, I'm still getting cooked. So uh but when Elden Ring comes out, I'm gonna definitely jump on that if you haven't checked it out. Look at the videos on uh YouTube. It looks pretty cool. So uh we were joined by tech who is apparently maybe naked. Um I'm confused but um how was your week going, sir? Man, it's been a crazy week. Um, yeah, with the gaming, man, I've had a few opportunities to get the PS5. Um, you know, I know you're always trying to talk me into getting an Xbox, but I'm not a Halo person. But, you know, man, you got to evolve with the times at the end of the day. Um, you know, shout out to the boy Lowski for coming through, you know, with the, the new gaming system, joining the future of gaming. You know, I hope to be on that path soon. Um, I know for me, I have to focus on my studies. That's the only reason I don't have it is once I get finished with studying, because I just know that gaming occupies so much of my time. So, like, I got my Switch. I'm good to go with that. Before I started on this journey, I gave my PS4 away. You know, I'm just trying to be an adult. So, but as soon as I get it, man, I'm on it. Like, I was playing that on that Demon Slayer, man, that shit's tight. Like, oof, man, I can't wait to get back in the game. Man. But the other thing is I want to make sure that I got the proper TV for it, too. Like, you know, you don't want to get that and then you're on, like, an LCD TV or just a plain LED TV. Like, make sure your whole stuff is set up correctly, good sir. But, you know. Yeah, definitely. It definitely got to come correct when you come with the, the next Jennies. So, but, yeah, man, it's uh. It'll be interesting. So I'll definitely probably put some of the whatever new game I get, I'll probably put it on uh, Instagram once I once I get it. But hey, have y'all um, heard of that new Kanye West man? That junk is so fire, man. So in, in pre-pod, L brought up some of Kanye's uh personal issues, which I really want to get into because it's just kind of 
Kanye's doing a lot. I've been accused of being a Kanye West stand. I've been accused of being very biased towards Kanye West, which I'm not. Like I, I enjoy Kanye West's content, but I'm I'm not I don't really again as long as you're making fire music, that's really what I care about. Um shout out to Julia Fox. Uh, if you've seen an uncut gems, you know it's if you know you know situation, but I, I respect I respect it. I respect, I respect it. I respect the Milky Queen out here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh, no, I have not heard the song. I saw the snippets with the game online, like on IG, but I didn't listen to the song. But so, give us, uh, give us your uh, your take on this new uh, Kanye West. I did hear a snippet about him allegedly talking about fighting Pete Davidson, which is kind of corny. But yeah, let us let us know what's good. In it was pretty cool, man. Like I like it. I like the beat. It's a, uh, another sample from Easy Does It, um, which is a song that is heavily sampled uh, by Dr. Dre. Easy and I think MC Rain. Um, so you got the sample from that. I mean, it's just the beat is kind of bare bones, but it's just two guys rapping back and forth. Like, and I feel like Kanye West is in his bag a little bit on that. And it, it's a nice song. Like, I like the stuff that he's talking about. He's opening up, he's being real about the situations that are going on in his life. And I mean, of course, game, he always is gonna do his thing. Uh, anytime you get a Kanye West and game song, to me, that's one of that's like a top tier c- collaboration in the game. Like that's on some Rick Ross Drake, Kanye Jay-Z, um, Young Thug Gunna, like, you know, Drake Future. Like th- it's on that level when you get those two in the booth together. So it's, it's just it's great from both of them. Like I said, I really like what Kanye West was talking about. It was kind of funny, you know, when he was basically saying a guy save them from that crash and he could beat Pete Davidson's ass and then the line where he said um where he was talking about spoiled rich children and he was like nah you need to you know get on your brother's uh shoulders and get that top ramen and it's like okay you know he's he keeping it real you know hey no maids no butlers y'all need y'all little kids eat this top ramen you know and then he did kind of accuse Kim and the fam of uh not watching the children said basically they let the cameras watch him and stuff like that um, but, you know, outside of it just being his personal life stuff, it was really dope. Like when Kanye decides he wants to rap, like he's still an upper echelon rapper. And you mix that with the game who, I mean, damn, the game has been, what, 17 years? And he still puts out like bars outside of the corny stuff. He's one of the top rappers in the game. So it's something I, it's called easy uh, with the Z is in Zulu. I definitely recommend somebody checking that out. Like it's on all major streaming services now, by the way. I'm curious to see if this is the old Kanye that people are asking for. Because like the old Kanye was arrogant. He was cocky, but he also was personable. Like he rapped about a lot of personal stuff, uh, whether it was ugly or good, like good or bad. Kanye was going to give you himself at all times and that's what he was doing on this song and, and like Tech is saying like Game is arguably a top 10 rapper ever like you could make a case for him being that so uh, you get, get him on a Kanye beat is I mean that's going to be magic and I think at, uh, at some point Kanye's going to have to stop saying Pete Davidson's name like Pete Davidson wants this attention like he he is reveling in this like Pete Davidson is a below average comedian on a pretty average sketch show, you know, but he's, but he's popular. And it's just like the biggest, you know, 
rap music star keeps mentioning him and keeps talking about him. And at this point, you're just elevating Pete Davidson to a level to where Pete Davidson's next comedy special is going to do crazy numbers because, oh, is he going to address Kanye West? Is he going to talk about Kim Kardashian? All this stuff. And it's just like, I get it that Kanye is upset, but you're giving Pete Davidson a little too much. Like, I get it, but let's let's slow down a little bit. Yeah, but I, I like to hear Kanye. I like to hear Kanye rapping like this, though. I like this. Yeah, I have. I have no comment. I, I don't. I don't even think Pete Davidson cares. To be honest with you, no, he no, he can't. He he's not mad. He like he's Kanye West is putting money in Pete Davidson's pockets by mentioning him this many times. He's making. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a- coming up with his next joke right about now and trying to tailor to see how spicy should he be or not, how respectful should he be or not. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I don't know who's out here checking for Beat Davidson comedies. Like I I I think I've heard him on some podcasts before. Um, but I mean, he's out here getting jobs. He has a TV show. He he stays getting a check on uh Saturday Night Live. So I mean, I'm not gonna knock a hustle. You know what I mean? But uh, it's not not my cup of tea. So, but uh, I'll definitely check it out though. Um, I, I do want to make an update. Uh, we did talk about the Gunner album last week. Gunna, I'm sorry, not Gunner. Um, but uh, it's not as bad as as I thought it was on first listen. So when I listened to it initially, I was playing Halo, so there's a lot of noise in the background. So, but what I would say is that the one song that we stuck on was the uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Was the song with uh, Chloe Bailey, and I I do think that's probably the point of where the album started to go downhill for me. But it still wasn't it wasn't horrible. But that might have been I think the worst song to me on on the album, and, and it was so bad that we didn't even we didn't even like say anything about the Usher sample with the with his the, the sample of his song in there too, as far as with the verse. So, but no, nah, the the album wasn't horrible. I don't think it's setting the tone for twenty twenty two. Um, that would be uh, Magic by Nas, but now, it's, not bad. That, it's not bad. There's a couple that, songs I would add to my playlist from that. I just have to go back and do it, but it's not a bad album. Especially after this weekend, there hasn't been an album released in 2022 that has set a high standard for 2022. I was checking that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see what, what new music is coming well, out. Corday dropped this weekend, and just real quick, like I, I'm a fan of Corday, and I thought Corday was going to be like he's one of the up and coming like lyrical uh, rappers and supposed to be you know uh, one of the top level guys. My issue with his out, al- and I, I hate being the person that just talks about talks negative about albums, uh, not negative, but you know I, I feel like I'm I feel like I criticize a little too much sometimes, so I'm trying to get away from that. But my thing with Corday's album is he rapped a lot about being great and being a rapper who's going to be around for 20 years and oh uh, my my homies told me this album is a classic and I, like he did a lot of talking about being great instead of being a great rapper like he spent a lot of time talking about oh i'm going to be great i'm going to be here 20 years from now i'm going to make timeless music instead of just doing that like be a great rapper make a, a great song put out a timeless uh, a record out there, you know, like the what he did on uh, LA Leakers, the free oh lord, the freestyle he did on LA Leakers 
was probably the best verses that he had. Like those were better than what he had on the album, which is kind of annoying that rappers are doing that where they're saving their best verses for these freestyle promo tours. Like, give me your best stuff on your album. Like, be great on your album. Don't tell me you're great. Just be great. But the bar's not that high for 2022 as of right now. Yeah, I ran the court day. Uh, it was it was it was, it was straight. I think his last album was better. Um, I ran it back twice. It, it was not. It was straight, but it, it nothing really stood out to me. I think the one single was the song I would add to my playlist, but other than that, I mean, shit. I mean, he's dating Naomi Osaka. Like, I don't know how motivated I would be. I'd be at home cooking dinner and. You know what I mean? Like making sure the dishes are done, fold laundry. Like that's that's the game I'd be after. You know what I mean? So be a Oh, and welcome to the podcast, Lowski. What what's good? Man, I'm out chilling, playing some Miles Morales like a real black man. Also not hating Paul Wall like a also real black man because apparently he ain't got no hits, but <clears throat> I don't know nothing about that because you know Eminem is great, apparently. So before we go down this disgusting rabbit hole that we talked about at the end of the, the podcast last week, yeah, so it, Naomi Osaka had a great Netflix stock out. I don't know if it's still on there, but it's, it's really good if you haven't watched it. It's pretty short, but yeah, I don't know how motivated as a rapper I, I would be if I, I was dating Naomi Osaka. So shout out to him, you know, but yeah, bro, I'd be like, yeah, man, I'm rapping, but, you know, wifey, wifey, wifey about to come home real quick. I'm about to wash these dishes real quick. I mean, so. She bring it home the big bags. Yeah, she bring it home the real bags. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you a rapper? What do you do? You rap? Uh, yeah, poverty. Who, who are you? Yeah, exactly. He made the documentary, but I'm sure those white people were like, yeah, "Who is this? Who is this? Hey, security? <laughs> security? <laughs> Get this dude about the paint." But yes, there's been a a brewing beef on the timeline and a narrative. And again, Lowski is the homie, but I I cannot. And Rev, you you out here listening? Shout to Rev. I, I cannot get with this narrative that Twitter has created that Paul Wall's a better rapper than Eminem. Ain't y'all hey, boys from the South, bro? Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Let, me the South. let me finish. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Right. Nope. I'm not. I'm not knocking that Paul Wall has some certified bangers, right? It the the Texas movement was great as as a young lad in Florida. All the homies in Florida was listening to Texas music, and I was mad confused. But that's how big the movement. However, we're not going to cherry pick the worst verses that Eminem's had like he doesn't have great songs or that he cannot rap. Because that's literally all I see in the timeline. It's like whatever the, the horrible freestyles he's put out in the last couple of years or songs, people like clip those. Be like, oh, this is y'all's white king. It's like, no. However, let's go back a couple albums and, and go to the heat. Like, let's let's not let's not do that. So. This is not a beef that I'm involved in. I, you know, I'm supporting white rappers. Shout to Logic. Uh, I, I will let you, Marcus, handle your uh, your 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 issues for a, a bit of a time. But still, tipping is a legendary verse. Sitting sideways is a legendary song. How Drive I, slow, bro. Like that nigga watched Kanye good. on his own song, bro. Come on. I mean, but Kanye was more or less telling a story, a very vivid story. So I don't think he was like trying to go back and forth with Paul Wall. Drive I mean, he might have been, but still, bro. What was that sample from? Still tipping? No, no, no. Drive slow. Uh, it was a Tupac song, right? Ah, shit. I don't know the sample for that one. 
I can Google it. I think it's Tupac. Kind of sounds like it has like elements of. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, I'm a fan of Paul Wall. Also, I like his music. He has great songs. He has a. Uh, he's been a part of some major uh, moments in hip hop history. He's uh, been on some good features. Uh, he had a nice run. It was kind of short, but it was still good. Doesn't uh, not gonna discredit him as a uh, as an artist. You're not gonna discredit him as an artist, but at the same time, he was like pressing me because he was like, "Oh, well, he ain't got ten hits." It's like, bro, does he? Paul Wall do? I feel like he do, but I'm also Southern, so I feel oh. like that changes stuff for me. I can't speak on y'all because apparently y'all not from the South. Movement. You're not Southern. You're from Florida. That's not Southern. That's all y'all own thing. I got it from Georgia, bro. Let's not play. Okay, you're a redneck, but go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be that and then still say that Paul Wall is probably one of the best white rappers that ever existed. Now, do Relax. I be troubled a little bit when I do I be troubled a little bit when I say he's better than Eminem? Yes, but a part of me actually feels like he is because he never had that steep ass fall off like Eminem. Like Eminem after, to be honest, after what's the second one? Uh, I think uh, re rehab. No, 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 no. This is before that. I didn't Technically, like one of those. I will I'm say sure. Eminem show is when he stopped being good, but it was actually the one before that. That was his last really good album. Eminem show was decent, but I wouldn't say it's a classic. And everything after that's kind of been like meh. And then he has some really bad albums like Rehab and uh, Relapse. So in my eyes, like, Paul Wall never really had none of that. Like, he came out, did his thing. I mean, shit, even before he was famous, when he was making records with uh, Chameleon Ed, I feel like he was still solid. But like I said, I do have Southern bias, and I will say I let that cloud my judgment. But at the same time, <laughs> okay. I know that I'm also – not the biggest fan of most of up north music because there's some people that won't be named that y'all claim is so great. But I was like, that nigga's kind of so. Let me interject real quick because you're basically saying Marshall Mathers LP was where he peaked, which was his second album. Yes, that's where he peaked. Like, I, I don't say like Slim Shady show though. I mean, like I said, Eminem show was good, but it wasn't a classic like Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers are classics. Eminem show while it was good, I can like I re-listen to it and I'll just skip through most of the stuff except for what I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the cartoon cartoony stuff. I didn't like the the videos, the the nastiness. I, I didn't like Eminem show, just to be honest with you. Well, before before you say that, Eminem show has White America, Clean Out My Closet, Um, Without Me, Sing for the Moment, Superman. Okay, I did. Uh, so I collapse. Let's let's slow. Down. <laughs> okay, but bro, down, there's this thing about white people liking certain songs that I can't I like get those songs. until I collapse. Is one of those songs that white people like too much that makes me not like it. Like up in here is another song that I can't listen to because white people like it too much. That's a so wild. I was like, up in here is a wild song for white people to like too. The lyrics in that song are crazy. Exactly. So I was just like, I don't even know why white people like up in here. But I feel the same way, and then like white people like Eminem too much, so I just was like, bro, I'm not that's trying to talk with white people. That's all they got. That's just no, because they, I mean, think about it. They they got G Easy now. They Fair. got Post Malone now. I mean, yeah, 20 years ago, that's all they had. 
Well, but if you ask the average run-of-the-mill white person to name a white rapper, they're not going to know Post Malone and G-Eazy. Like, I mean, they're going to know Post Malone, for sure. Yeah, Malone, but right? Just because of the, the controversy that surrounded Eminem kind of put him into the mainstream for, you know, good or bad reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you show them a picture, they might know Post Malone songs. If you show them a picture of him, they're like, yo, who is this, like, meth addict guy? Like, why does he have all these tattoos? Why does he look so dirty? You know what I'm saying? They know who Eminem is. white person, though. What you mean? That's what they look like. Oh, the views oh, oh I'm lying. I'm lying. Be honest. Everybody be honest on the podcast right now. We can get called racist up in this bitch. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, that Jerry boy said, uh, who's listening to Eminem in 2022? I mean, Eminem, like, if I get it. He he does do some weird stuff, but, like, he does numbers. Same with Logic. Like, people think Logic's corny, but he, he still does numbers. And he gets great features, too. And so. you know who be listening to him? Guess who else do uh, do numbers? Fucking, uh, what's that nigga from Kansas City? That's been oh. in his whole career. Yo, uh, Tech Nine. Tech Nine? Tech Nine. Tech Nine do numbers. Guess who listen to all three of them? White people. Oh, there are too many black people that fuck with uh, Tech Nine. I was look. He, uh, I Andy Miller knocks with the buzz cut. Shan is going hard in the chat. Like th- that <laughs> is super disrespectful. Like bars, dog. Logic has bars. Shout to uh, a kill H. We, we try. We try. Thank you. Thank you for well, definitely sub to the to the to the YouTube channel. Well, since we're talking about like uh, these rappers' peaks, can anybody tell me when Paul Wall's peak was, or has he? Are we still waiting on that, or when is that going to happen? Well, he did. Right. Okay, ago, to be fair, Paul peak was back in 07, 08. All right, Marcus, you made your point, bro. Do not care. Technically, Eminem peaked before uh, Paul Wall, so there you go. Paul, well, uh, I, I, I peaked in 03, 04. I don't think that's true. Uh, Paul Wall dropped a Slab God a couple years ago. Um, oh, Slab. I thought it was Slab God. Slab Talk in 2020, so there we go. But I don't. So you're saying that he peaked, but I, he, dog, he, yeah, I can't Rock. listen to Eminem anymore. I, he did peak at Marshall Mathers. That's his best overall project. Paul Wall peaked at uh, the People's Champ. Paul Wall still stays in his lane and makes that music. I just feel like people don't really listen to Texas music as much. But I mean, the stuff sounds exactly like. Eminem, I can't even tolerate to listen to the guy. Like it's so ass. It's unbelievably ass. It's, it's, it's uh, aggressive I, I, for no reason. Y'all gonna make me, y'all gonna maybe run through his discography. I don't want to. I think no, I don't run through this. Don't, 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 don't discography, bro. It's not. That's not the point, bro. Eminem is just not that guy, bro. Like yeah, you could be like yeah, he's the greatest white rapper of all time, and there was a point where you could have said he was the best rapper out at one point. He killed all that credibility. I continuing to put out garbage albums. I will say that for all, like, out of all the, uh, like, top 10 rappers of all time, I think Eminem is the one with the most, like, bad music and music that hasn't aged well. I think it's, like, between him and arguably Nas. Like, Nas has some earlier stuff where it was just like, ah, I don't know about that one. And I will say that Eminem's music, some of the content, like, some of the, uh, homophobic stuff and the trans stuff was is pretty bad listening to it now but as a rapper like when you talk about the best of eminem is all-time great like if okay when's the last time you listen to eminem well, no but I, he has a point he has a point though. no when's the last time you guys listen to eminem like no, no, but that's not the point, though. i showed y'all in the chat 
that in 2021, what was in my top 10 albums? Listen, People's Champ. When's the last time y'all have listened to Eminem? Like, just you, be honest. If, like, if you follow, if you follow me on IG, you would see that I was listening to Eminem last week. Like, okay. I posted music that I listened to. So that that that's all I'm saying. So, like, yeah, does he have some bad stuff? Yeah, he's got some bad stuff out there. Does he have some music that hasn't aged well out there? Yes, he has that. But I'm not going to discredit the great stuff that he's done. I'm not going to discredit the classics that he's put out. I'm not going to discredit the classic that he has written. He's written classics for other rappers. He's been on features that have gone crazy. Like, he is, he is rapped with and out-rapped some of the greatest rappers ever. And if you're going to come on here and tell me that Paul Wall is a better rapper than Eminem, then you're telling me that Paul Wall is a top 10 rapper ever. That's what you're telling me. And that's what I'm hearing. And if that's what you're saying, then we can't have this conversation because nobody believes that. If you go up to Paul Wall and ask him, hey, Paul Wall, are you a top 10 rapper ever? Paul Wall's going to be like, no, nah, I'm probably a top 10 in my neighborhood, but not ever. Like, I'm maybe a top five. I'm maybe a top 10 white rapper. I'm not a top 10 rapper ever. And that's fine. There's no disrespect in that. Stay, he stays in his land and he does what he does. And that's cool. But if we're going to, like, pick out little YouTube clips of Eminem rapping orange with porridge and then being like, oh, that's whack, or... I don't like to listen to Eminem in the car with my girl. Like, okay, I don't like to listen to Nas with my wife either. I don't like to listen to Tyler, the creator, or I don't like to listen to old Tyler, the creator with my wife either. There's certain artists that I don't like to listen to in the car. I listen to like Too Short and, and Larry June in the car with my wife. That doesn't make them better than Eminem as rappers, as lyricists. And if you care about lyrics and rap and bars, you're not going to tell me that Paul Wall is a better rapper than Eminem. It's ridiculous. Like he might be better than Macklemore, but let's let's be honest. Nigga, everybody better than Macklemore. Stop that. Oh, low key. I just learned a little Dicky. He, he he got some bars, dog. Oh, little Dicky would get Paul Wall. <laughs> little Dicky. Okay, be, I'm gonna be real, but honestly, if you put little Dicky in the conversation, yeah, that nigga's gonna outrap Paul Wall. I'm not gonna lie to you. Little Dicky can fucking rap. But that's not. I, really I did not know that. That nigga is actually a good rapper. He's just more of a comedian, and it takes real talent to be a comedian rapper, bro. He does it very well. Yeah, get the money. Like, he has a TV show. Like, fuck the rap bag. Like, get the money. Like, that's what this is all about. Get the and it's bread. Just like, it's like we keep putting uh, Paul Wall up against Eminem, and Eminem is the top white rapper. Like, is Paul Wall better than Macklemore? Is he better than Mac Miller? Is he better than yes. Bronson? Is he better than mm. LP? Ooh, There's a lot of white If we take the race, Bronson is the number two in there, bro, because well, Action Bronson is a legit he's rapper. He's like he's like a Eastern European. If he's we take white. the whiteness white, out of it, Action Bronson is white. If we take whiteness out of it, I listen to Paul Wall more than I listen to Eminem. I'm not trying to and say who's better I mean, me to too. you. Okay. Or me, which is subjective. I vibe more with Paul Wall than I do with Eminem. I do listen that's to Eminem on occasion. If that's I'm the conversation we're having, if, if we're I'm having in a ba- excuse me, let me speak before I put you on mute. <laughs> if <laughs> if I mean, I'm just saying because it's all it's all personal perspective at the end of the day. Eminem is is he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Is he in my top ten? No. Is he in my top twenty five? Probably. Um, to me, Marshall Mathers, great album. I go back to it if I'm going to listen to him. 
I also will go back to the Slim Shady LP, like these are, and Superman from the Eminem show. These are great tracks, but on a day to day basis, I listen to more Paul Wall overall than I do Eminem. I just don't, I don't like the rapidity rap and all that stuff that he does. Like, I'm, Sometimes his bars hey, are a little grotesque. Shout out to that GA boy for bringing a little white, though, Brad. Okay, and a little white is somebody I did listen to a lot, too. Like, I mean, me too, brother. That classic white rapper right there. I love that, man. If, if, but, we're, if, if we're talking about the rappers that we listen to more, that's a different conversation. Like, I listen to Vince Staples a lot. If you ask me, hey, who's better, Vince Staples or Outkast? I'm going to say Outkast. It doesn't matter that I listen to Vince Staples more. Like, I don't care if you listen to Paul Wall more than Eminem. Eminem is still a better rapper. Like, are we are we having a conversation about who's the better rapper or who do we listen to more? Because Outkast is in my top five. I don't listen to Outkast as much as I used to. Jay-Z is number one for me. I don't to listen to Jay-Z as much as I used to. I listen to more newer rappers. I listen to different music now. Like, we're not talking about the volume of times you listen to a song. Who's putting out the great stuff? Who's putting out the classics? Who's putting out the timeless music? Who is killing features? Who's going on runs? Who's going on year-long? What runs? feature has he killed in 15 years? Last feature Eminem did that was great was fucking Renegade. That might be a lot, but that's the first one that I can always think of. So actually, if you go to um uh fuck Prime. No, was it Prime? No, no, Royce the Five Royce the Five Nine, um, the Book of Ryan. He has a track on there called Caterpillar that he he kind of goes off on. However, at the end, there's a bonus track remix of Caterpillar with Logic that is fire. Go listen to that shit. That shit is hard. Logic was like, crazy. To be honest with you, though, like I remember it was the Shady Slaughterhouse Cypher back in BT Awards. It was Slaughterhouse, Eminem, and Yellow Wolf. And Eminem, he went hard. And I was like, okay, we get back to that Marshall Mathers, Eminem. Nigga dropped the album, that shit was a butt cheeks. Whatever one that came out, I want to say it was like 2017 that had Rap Bot on it or whatever, that whole album, butt cheeks. So, I mean, yes, Eminem is a top 10. I wouldn't say top 10 in my personal opinion, but if you say in the grand scheme of things, he's a top 10 rapper. But he has a lot of weak shit, and I don't think that we should not hold him accountable for that. That feels like Paul Wall doesn't have a lot of weak shit that I don't fuck with. So that makes him a better value rapper to me than Eminem. So if you want to go by, if you want to go by, yeah, oh, well, Paul Wall ain't got no classics. And I was like, well, he might not have no classics like Eminem. But I was like, most people that fuck with Paul Wall probably listen to his whole catalog a lot more than most people would listen to Eminem's catalog. So I don't know if that makes Paul Wall not a better rapper. But then again, you're also going by a standard that somebody set 10, 15 years ago. And the same thing where they'll say, oh, this person is a top tier rapper, but this person who rapped with them is not a top tier rapper because of some weird reason. So I don't even go by that stuff, bro. Because like a lot of people who even make up those lists don't even be honest about with themselves about what actually makes top tier rappers top tier. They just be saying that because... Like y'all said, it was a narrative that I said that Paul Wall was better than Eminem. That is a narrative that people have been running with for years. And see, I I just want to ask this to to anybody ever, because at the end of the day, like, okay, with with your Eminems, with your Outkasts, with with Andre 3000 being the greatest of all times, is it, or even Jay-Z, 
is it a proven fact to you or do you just hop on the bandwagon because it's what everyone else says? And that's the, the thing. I'm not saying any of you do that, but that's something I challenge people to do for yourself. Look, just because some like I remember when uh, PJ came on the podcast, you know, to defend uh, to pimp a butterfly versus me. This was like a year and a half ago or so. I didn't like that album. It's because of where I was at, the sound of it. I'm not trying to say that he's not a great rapper, but if I don't like an album, you can't make me think it's a classic because everyone else thinks it's a classic. It's all subjective. If somebody, if you like Eminem, I can make you. You can. At the end of the day, it's, it's my opinion. Like in okay, my opinion, I, I, I get. Uh, we're, again, we're going in circles. I, I get music is subjective. However, there has to be a baseline. Right. Under no circumstance is McDonald's better than name any other better restaurant just because you think it's better. That's that's fine. But there has to be a standard like there has to be a baseline. There's they have Michelin ratings for a reason, because the best chef. Hold on. Don't use that because Michelin ratings are fake. That is some okay. shit that they created right. just to get well, There's your ratings. If the people are like, yo, this burger is better than McDonald's, like there has to be a standard. You can't say that, and I'm 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 fueling the circle going, but you can't say that the Yugo is the greatest automobile ever when I can pull up in a Ferrari. Like I can't, that's that's kind of where you have to have a baseline. There's there is something that is better. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Everybody go to their corners. I, I don't care. Um what we will uh, transition to, uh, Loski. I, I feel like you have you watched Game of Thrones. We ain't transitioning oh, to shit. Okay. <laughs> yes, we said what we said. I got I got shit to do. Y'all y'all are going to. Sleep. <laughs> have you watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, I seen Game of Thrones, but okay. shout out to the the greatest character ever. Uh, damn, Ar- what's his name? Arya Stark. No, not Arya Stark, nigga. The nigga with one hand that was banging his sister. That was my oh, hero, Lannister. Jamie Lannister, bro. Nasty. The greatest character, bro. Oh, best redemption story ever. So, real quick, Marcus, like, four years later, has started his Game of Thrones journey, even though I've watched it, like, two times before he's watched it one time. But I like to get his takes. He's been tweeting about it. He's almost at the end. If he hasn't finished, I think he's had, like, two episodes left. But uh, just give us your, your, your takes on that as we wrap this up. Yeah, uh, so I'm kind of disappointed that uh, a lot of people didn't let me know how great of a show Game of Thrones is. All right, man. I feel like it should have been a bigger deal. Should have been a bigger deal on the timeline. I feel like people should have tweeted about it more. It just kind of seems like. Are you? Are you? Wait, hold on. Like, are you dead ass right now? Are you trolling? Because that was like the biggest show in America. It's almost like some underground. It's like some. Is this some sort of like underground indie show that people just didn't talk about in public? Because it's a great show and it deserves a little bit more. pub and a little bit more uh acknowledgement and attention i recently saw that uh i saw that jonah hill is also watching the show for the first time also like i am and he's kind of uh telling people how he feels about it so uh i thought that was interesting that that's happening at the same time but uh yeah it's a it's a great show the storylines are they're doing a great job of keeping you interested in what everybody is doing because there's a lot of characters and they have a lot of different things going on but like everybody's goal is kind of the same is to be on top and to be like number one. Um, the fight scenes are pretty cool. Um, there, I, I wasn't expecting, and I, I kind of feel weird about talking about the show because I haven't finished it yet. And I almost want to do like 
you know, can I do spoilers? Because it's like the show's been out for like five years. But like there's there's obviously there's dragons in the show. There's like wizards and witches and dead people and zombies. Like I wasn't expecting all of that. I thought it was more just like knights of the round table, you know, jousting, maybe a couple of sword fights. But I didn't think there'd be like, you know, the night walker, like the night king. The night king is a badass motherfucker, man. Like that dude had so much swag going into these places and demolishing people. And like he turned, there was like the the, the last episode I saw was like this big uh, battle, and the episode was like an hour and a half long, and they did pretty much a great job of like defeating the White Walkers and uh, defeating all the dead people. But because they're dead, the Night King is able to bring them back to life. So everybody you just killed is now back, and everybody that died is now back. He took like the Night King turned that fucking battlefield into a thriller music video and started clapping people for real so it's a it's a very entertaining show i'm uh, i'm excited to see how this uh how this show ends and uh and we're like I, i'm not sure how they finish this show you know just with all the things that have been happening so um i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it so i just kind of i'm trying to i'm trying to do my best to get the word out there to get people to watch this show because it's really good and i feel like it should be more popular than it is Well, I'll be looking forward to your take on the finale. Uh, while you're talking about shows that should be more popular, I started watching The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. That shit is fucking hilarious. Like, if you've watched uh, Eastbound and Down, you would definitely enjoy this. The, the premise is uh, depicts a family televangelist and a mega church pastor <laughs> led by widowed patriarch Eli Gemstone. Eli and his immature children, Jesse, Judy, and Kelvin, lead an opulent life funded by the church's donations. <laughs> They work to expand their network of mecha churches, which threatens smaller neighboring churches out of business. It it is like the most ridiculous shit I've I've ever seen in my life. I'm surprised Fox News hasn't got onto this show about them making fun of like Christianity and churches. Because <laughs> I'd be in here rolling like it's 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 insane. Like low key, Danny McBride, the main character who played. Uh, your man's like eastbound and down. Uh, Kenny Powers. He might not even be the funniest person on this show. I think the sister Judy is pretty hilarious as well. So definitely check out the Rice's Gemstones. It just started season two on HBO. I started. Uh, I'm back on Euphoria. If you watch that, definitely DM me if you want to talk about that. Euphoria is like I don't know what high school this is, but like I've been to high school parties. I've been to parties. I ain't never seen no shit like what they be doing in the show. Like it's got to the point where it's like a meme on Twitter where it's like going to Euphoria High School, you're dressed like a, a stripper on Grand Theft Auto with no books, which is hilarious. But so I just want to interject real quick. Shout out to um, Angelic Flows and one of my closest friends, Tony Morgan, who actually did the score for the season two of euphoria so y'all check that out y'all supporting the podcast because of course old girl's been on the show before and of course tony is one of my best friends so he actually uh produced the uh soundtrack for it like the all the music that you hear in euphoria 2 uh is done by meridian's own tony morgan so shout out to him shout out to the 601 shout uh, out to Marcus. all right now that mark is old bitch ass over here the game of thrones was <laughs> super fire right? all right he, he's like back that? he's back he's oh, back. okay never mind man <laughs> but yeah, yeah but uh yeah that that's kind of my my take 
righteous gemstones. Like this is a righteous gemstone stand account. Um, but uh, any, you guys, any shout outs? I, I think we hit hit the the peak. Plus, I'm hungry, so. But. <laughs> this nigga. Uh, shit. <clears throat> shout out to my sister. She's finally doing better and out of the ICU. I need to go visit her. I'm being a bad sibling. Um, and also shout out me. My birthday was last Monday. Y'all niggas was faking. Yes, we saw the infamous picture that came across the top. <laughs> and also shout out my daughter, Alicia, who wants to be shout out on the podcast that she don't even listen to. And also, I am coming for y'all. I'm coming for y'all souls because y'all was using that damn picture. So, I was trying to use that for IP. my avatar in the podcast. It wouldn't let me use it. Tracking down IP addresses. I will be at y'all front doors very soon. Oh, shit. You one of them guys. Look, I don't want no smoke, dog. <laughs> But I may or may not have a pistol. So oh, okay, um, that's cool. Uh, tech, what's your <laughs> what are your shout outs? Um, I don't have any shout outs. Okay. Shout out to everybody for rocking with us. Uh yeah, shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Shout out to Lowe's, shout out to uh Paul Wall, shout out to all the white rappers that are better than him. And uh Bro, yeah. there's only like two white rappers better than Paul Wall, bro. What are you talking about? Shout out to that GA boy, Kill H, uh, King Moses, uh, King Quest, as usual. Appreciate y'all jumping in the chat. Uh, oh, shout out to Chan Baby because apparently she laid on her period. I can't read past what she said about her not being pregnant. Shout out to Chan, as always. Um, yeah. Good times. <laughs> Marcus bad music takes. You know what? As much as I do argue with Marcus on the timeline, I do respect his music takes. Some of them be out of nowhere, bro, but I do respect it. I'm here for the people. Me and my uh, me and my 300 followers be out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised you didn't get to catch a band with some of the, the activities you've been doing lately, but, you know. Me or Marcus? I ain't been doing that, but chilling. No, I'm talking about Marcus. And, oh, and okay. What is that, that make a quote thing that you did today? I was like, no, you you tr- you act, you're cruising for a bruising. You're on thin ice, buddy. Like, Yikes. <laughs> Oh, so, hey, hold on, real quick, hold on, real quick. Have y'all seen that video of the girl with Tourette's? Just no. say yes or no. I'm gonna say no. it to you. Say less. No. Say less. So, say so look out for next ep- week's episode. It's gonna be a uh, a review of Nas's Magic album and some other music stuff. So uh, definitely appreciate y'all rocking with us. Oh shit! Yeah, he just sent that Ti video. So there's a video. I'm gonna play it real quick. And, It'll, it'll be our last take. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I I, I saw it, but I didn't click it because I, I figured he had better, bigger fish to fry. Let's see what he's got to say real quick. Nigga, ain't nobody fucking with me, nigga. None of them. None of them. To the point where they don't even want to be on the same record with me, nigga, because they know they can't fuck with me, nigga. Ain't, you ain't never heard me on no record with nobody, and they, they, they dusted me, nigga. You ain't never heard that, nigga. It ain't never happened, nigga. Never happened, nigga. Give a fuck what era you was in, nigga. That was the time I wasn't really paying attention to music, nigga. You could beat me thinking if I ain't thinking. You did? You know, nobody do this shit better than me, man. What's up? Love and respect, bro. Been doing this shit since I was nine years old, nigga. You hear me? Nine years old, nigga. Been doing this shit since I was a motherfucking chick, nigga
Bring them. Okay, we doing that. Need. We doing that thing. Jay, Nas, Wayne, Jay. Is that who you need? Bring them. Push T. Yeah, all them. That's okay. Who you need. Told y'all. He's fighting for he's fighting for he's fighting for his life out here. Um he clearly needs money to fight his upcoming court cases for his nasty activities. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Has he ever been out wrapped on a track? Yes. What yeah, track? he has swagger like us. Swagger, well, yeah, I would say swagger well, like us is like who, who I wrapped him on that. Well, I mean, who, I, who, I, I didn't add he was embarrassed on it. We'll we'll add that to the list next week when we talk about more music stuff because that's that's something I'd have to research. I mean, Ti does make good music, great music, but I, I, this is the whole clout chasey. Like Jay Z is never gonna value you. Like that. Sorry, it's not gonna happen. But anywho, that's all we got. Thank you for checking us hey, out. Hey, hold on, hold on real quick. I will say he had one of the best three album runs though. We'll. That's add, another add that topic to that we're gonna add talk to about. List. We'll add that to the list next week. This is KTSEF. Yeah, peace. Okay, in private, what three albums are